This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. Hi, this is Shane. And this is Virginia. And this is Wait You've Never Seen, a podcast dedicated to discussing well-known movies and TV shows that one of us has never seen. And today we're wrapping up our nerdy month by discussing Wait You've Never Seen, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire? It's pronounced Gobbler of Fire. It's not pronounced Gobbler of Fire. Okay, trigger warnings, children in mortal danger. Oh my goodness. That's what I've got. We'll get into that later. Oh, yeah, we will. But um, <laughs> first, well, do you want to tell me three things you expected from this movie, or do you want to tell me what your understanding of Harry Potter was before we watched this movie, or both? Let's talk about Harry Potter generally. Okay. And then so, we can move on to the... Um, this is the fourth movie in the series of eight. Yes. Um, previously, it was Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Chamber of Secrets, Prisoner of Azkaban. So we had already seen those, but we just decided to do this one since you hadn't seen it before. Yes, we had a couple years ago, I think, we, we had we had in mind to like work our way through all the Harry Potter movies and stopped, you know, mm-hmm. stopped halfway through, essentially. Yes. So, up to this point, what I understand about Harry Potter is that um, he's the boy who lived. Right. His uh, parents are gone, R.I.P. Right. They were killed by Voldemort. Yes. Voldemort somehow got magically incinerated, sort of, by... Was it when he touched Harry Potter and he got that scar that that exploded Voldemort? I'm unclear about that aspect. So he kind of explained it at the end because he was like, Lily Potter sacrificed herself. And right. So what happened was um, Voldemort went to their house um, to kill Harry Potter. But when he did the Avada Kedavra curse, mm-hmm. Lily's love meant that the curse backfired. Oh. Harry's exposure to that curse is what gave him the scar, but when it backfired, it actually killed Voldemort. I see. So, obviously, Harry Potter, the 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 framework on which all of this magicy stuff sits, is uh, the private school Hogwarts. Right. Hogwarts. I said that weird. So. This, every movie previous was really focused more, a lot of the, a lot of it was happening in the school and about the classes and, right, and whatnot and how that, um, how that sort of affected, so now we're sort of moving this, in this fourth installment, we're now moving further away from the school and it's not, I don't think there really, is there even one, oh no, there is in the very beginning. Uh, a, a classroom scene mm-hmm. because all of it is is about the the competition. The, right. What's that called? What is the competition the called? The Triwizard Tournament. Oh, very good. Um, so yeah, that's about in a nutshell what I understand about Harry Potter. Okay, 
So tell me three things you expected from this Harry Potter movie. Before I say that, I'm going to say this. Okay. <laughs> the thing that's wonderful about Harry Potter is that, and I mean, obviously everyone knows this, is that it's this magical world that's happening parallel to the muggle world, the, right. the regular world. And I love the, the idea that you can, you can have this whole big festival, um, but it's magically contained. No one who's not a magical person would be able to see it because of what spells and yeah. and things like they that. They cast like a the, spell over the World Cup or whatever. Right. That's yeah. that's. I love that. That's that's brilliant. So the three things I expected from this movie: another ingenious object or device that adds a new layer to this ever-expanding world. Number two. Voldemort continues his slow progress back to full power. Mm-hmm. Three, the defense against the dark arts teacher will not be an asshole <laughs> this time. <laughs> we had three three movies in a row, right? With like <laughs> with the villain essentially being the dark arts teacher. Yes. And I don't think we had that this time, right? Um, Mad Eye Moody was the defense against the dark arts Darn teacher. It. And he was a jerk, wasn't he? He was not actually Mad Eye Moody. He was um, Barty Crouch disguised as Mad Eye Moody. David so Tennant count? disguised right. as. <clears throat> I was happy to see the the doctor show up. Yes. So, did you expect to like it? Yeah, I had high hopes for it. I got. Uh, I gave it a uh, 4.5 stars. Oh, okay. Um, I expected to be delighted. We watched this in the evening, which means I, whenever we watch movies in the evening, especially on the weekends, I fall asleep. I like how you say in the evening. Like, if we didn't watch a movie at 10 o'clock in the morning, you still wouldn't fall asleep. But you would. I I'm feel just like, saying. I I'm calling like, you out. I feel like I'm being scolded. <laughs> I just don't want you to lie to our audience. That's true. <laughs> uh, so. What was your one sentence TV guide summary? Oh, also I didn't fall asleep. That's oh, that to was its, the, that, To its credit. Yes. To this movie's credit. Not that we're going over. Anyway. Uh, my one. Let's see. Yes. So my one sentence uh, review or uh, summary. The world of Harry Potter opens up even further in the fourth movie in the series. Harry Potter gets tempted to join Voldemort. Mm. Which, I, why would that? Why would that happen? Voldemort's just trying to come back to. I wanted like some kind of twist, and there was. Yeah. You know, spoilers. Edward dies. <laughs> His name isn't Edward. <laughs> he is the it's, vampire. He's a magical just... creature. He's a vampire yes, in this movie. That's true. <laughs> So would anyway, you like kidding. to hear what IMDb had to say? We're getting ahead of ourselves, but can I note, like, I kind of knew, there's certain things that I just know, I'm like the person who hasn't seen Star Wars, and then 20 years later, 20 years after Star Wars comes out, they watch Star Wars, and it's like, you kind of already know yeah. that Luke is Darth Vader's Vader, son. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, oh yeah, he dies, and you're like, well, I, don't, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> well, because, okay... So you said, isn't he supposed to be dead? Right. And I'm like, he's on the bleeping screen. How can he be dead? We haven't watched if he died yet. This is the movie he died in. 
But I didn't want to be like, oh, yeah, he's dead, when he was literally on the screen. I don't know if we're flashing back. There's time travel devices <laughs> in this movie. I don't know what we're dealing with. And, yeah, the last the last movie we saw was... The last time we watched the third one was a while ago. Yeah, at least a year ago. Yeah. So, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire is from 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, it's rated PG-13. Um, it's two hours and 37 minutes. Oh, my gosh. It didn't feel that long. It didn't. Um, adventure Family Fantasy. And it says, A young wizard finds himself competing in a hazardous tournament between rival schools of magic, but he is distracted by recurring nightmares. So, swing and a miss. So, how <laughs> did things meet your expectations? Um, they met him pretty, pretty well. Like, there, um, there was, uh, different new ingenious devices. Mm-hmm. The, the port key. Right? We hadn't seen the port key before. The, the dirty old boot that takes you places. Right. That's fun. Yeah. Um, and that, the, te- I mean, I don't know if this counts, but like the tent, I don't know if we've seen that sort of thing, like where you cram into a little tiny four by six tents uh-huh. and suddenly inside it's a mansion right tent. yes <laughs> i don't think we've seen that exact thing before and you know what when harry was 12 or 11 in the first one mm-hmm. and he has like this that like starry-eyed wonder and oh i don't understand how this world works mm-hmm. like that was fine but he's still like He's still behind the eight ball and doesn't understand how this world works yet. <laughs> like, you can't do fish out of water for eight movies in a row. Right. <laughs> like, he should get it by now. I mean, he should be progressing in his ed- in his magical education. I agree. What I'm referring to is he didn't quite know what the port key was. I understand we need someone who doesn't know what it is so we can, oh, they can explain see. it to the audience. And then right before he, he watches everyone go into that tent that's obviously way too small and he kind of like... He's taken aback, like, oh, this is weird. How are we all going to fit in here? Yes. I see what you're saying. So, um, did you want to say more about... Oh, and then Voldemort is... Oh, I I didn't expect him to, like, be all the way back to, like, killing strength at the end of this movie. Yes. And Frank, I'm I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but just because we mentioned Voldemort... He who must not be named. I was just going to say, is it all right that I say his name? <laughs> um, the, uh, the tournament and the challenges were so, um, you know, so brutal and, 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 and cruel mm-hmm. that I thought that Voldemort showing up was part of the, you know, they conjured oh. something that looked like him. I see. They made it look like it was going wrong, and that Voldemort was, especially since it was all kind of like snowy. There was something kind of, you know, otherworldly about. Right. I mean, it's another world, but another another world. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then it slowly dawns on me, like, oh no, we're out of the maze now, and it's the this is <laughs> the this wheels is, have come off. This yeah. Is not, this is bad. Yeah. So, has your opinion changed since you watched it? Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and uh, and give it five stars. Wow! Full on five stars. So you really enjoyed it. I'm glad. I absolutely enjoyed it. It was so cool. Very, um, 
I mean, I think sometimes people c- try to compare it to like Lord of the Rings and say, well, it's not as good as you know Lord of the Rings. It's its own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think to be clever in this genre, show me something, show me visuals that I haven't quite seen before. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult because you know there's been so many great you know fantasy you know movies about magic and um it's it it was absolutely it was absolutely captivating i think you specifically commented on um the fireplace where sirius was appearing in the coals to talk to harry yeah yeah that that just it blew my mind how good that was because it looked enough like it looked exactly like a fire and it looked exactly like that guy's face yeah it was just so perfectly done and didn't and didn't get too jar jar. Yeah. Didn't get too it wasn't overly, overly CGI'd. Yeah. And uh also speaking of speaking of that, uh he's sort of uh he, um JK Rawlings. Yes, she. She is is kind of using the Shakespearean device of the crazy "Quote unquote crazy man in the wilderness," uh-huh. who's um, very weird and strange, and just um, just only speaks the truth. Like starts shouting all these things, and it's all the truth. Okay, who is that in this movie? I think it's the fireplace. Is it serious? Oh yeah, he was the prisoner of Azkaban in the previous movie. Right. Yes. Um. So I. I do love Harry Potter. I own all of the books. I own all of the movies. I've seen them several times and read them a few times. But I have to say, it really should be Hermione as the heroine. Because she does all the flipping work. Yeah. She's the one, guys, you need to go to bed. Guys, you need to make sure you're doing, you know... The egg, figuring out the egg, figuring out the dragon, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think they knew about the maze, so I don't think they could figure that out. But she's like, here's some research, here's the, like, she's doing all the work, and then Harry just shows up and kind of wings it. Yeah. And somehow, miraculously, I mean, magically, probably, mm-hmm. comes out of it alive. I just, I, I don't think Hermione gets all the credit she deserves. She's my favorite character, by the by. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and she deserved better than Ron. So, you know how they were fighting over the, the Yule Ball? Yeah. That he didn't ask her. Uh, she deserves yeah. better. And Ron was just a big mope all, all through this, all oh through this movie. He was Emo annoying. Ron. <laughs> Emo Ron. Uh, what was I going to say about Hermione? Oh, Hermione. So, so when Hermione gets... Like she, she always, she always has her her s together, right? She always has uh-huh. her stuff together. Uh-huh. Um. So, when she, when she like, when she was getting really upset about like, like, when Harry was about to, and you know when it was clear that he was going to take part in the mm-hmm. in the tournament, she was like deeply unnerved by that and right. when, when someone who's so together gets unnerved it just kind of makes me go this is you know this is going to be a, a serious uh, a serious challenge so it'd be one 
this movie, and I assume the books, the books are pretty close to the um, movies for the most part. I mean, I haven't read this one in a while, but they, they do track fairly closely in the earlier books. They kind of veer off in the later books. So, this was written by a woman. Yes. And yet, it's it all plays out the way a man would write it. A man would write it like the, there's two two male leads, and then there's a female who like gets them out of trouble. Yes, I can see. I can see what you're saying. I mean, and I wonder if it was written that way because she knew the majority of um, readers of this sort of fiction in the beginning is are going to be boys. Maybe mm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the demographics of her readership. I mean, now it just seems to be one of those like, universal things. There isn't. But, um, yeah, I would imagine that's why she goes by JK instead of, yeah. I think her first name is Joanne. But like, you're less likely to get, you're not going to get as far in the, well, in any publishing probably, except maybe romance. Mm. Um, if you have an overtly female name, then if you just use your initials. S.E. Hinton, who wrote The Outsiders and Rumblefish, mm-hmm. she wrote about, you know, young teenage boys and gangs and stuff, and probably would have been a different story if if there was a clearly female-sounding name. Mm. <clears throat> Can we talk about how the Death Eaters are basically the KKK of the magical world? They have hoods! From the pointed have, hats. That's horrible. That I mean, they're they're black instead of white. The the robes and the hoods, mm-hmm. but it, it's a very distinct KKK vibe, and they're very much about um, r- not racial purity, but like magical people should only um, marry and have kids with other magical people. You don't want to get your the Muggle blood into your pure DNA, so it's. It's very much, I think, like a white suprem not a magic supremacist. Magic supremacist. I don't mean to laugh, but that's a funny notion. Yeah. So, it's it was very troublesome that. Don't they call them half like half breed like uh, half mud blood, blood mud blood that's the yeah there's lots of like eugenicsy terrible thing. Yes. I mean, it is used as a device for you know, to paint it's a brush that's used to paint the evil characters. Right. So I mean there's that which I think is Well, I mean like us as Americans, I mean JK Rowling is British, but I think it's effective because as Americans, we just sat and like, oh, they must be evil. They look like the freaking KKK. Right. So, yeah, well done. We automatically associate them as evil, as if them burning tents and terrifying, you know, innocent bystanders wasn't enough. Yes. Having said that, uh, yes. I love Jason Isaacs. He's amazing. Oh. Lucius Malfoy, but he also plays um, Captain Lorca in Discovery, Star yeah. Trek Discovery. Yeah, he also plays. A good I don't remember his name, but in Armageddon, he's the guy that's like, um, 
about the ketchup, much, the ketchup bottle. Pretty much the smartest bottle. man in the, in the world. Yeah, he's the smartest man in the world that talks about the ketchup bottle exploding. No, yeah. not the ketchup bottle exploding. No, the um, if you if you put an in if you put a firecracker in your open hand, you just burn your hand. If you close it around, close your fingers around a firecracker, your your wife will be opening your ketchup bottles for the rest of your life. You won't have any. That's right. Fingers left. That's right. It's so, interesting that that's the. <laughs> He's also the, the scientist who decides exactly how to save the world. Right. <laughs> but plays, you remember. <laughs> he plays these different characters, and I I believe him in every in every role. Like, yeah. he is the smartest man. He has a British accent. That means he's smart, obviously. <laughs> um, he's the awesome, but a little, little off captain. Right. We find out he's Mayor Lorca. Spoiler alert. Right. So he's not as good as we thought. But, like, as Lucius Malfoy, I totally buy him as, like, evil incarnate. Just, bleh, he he just gives me the creeps, which is what he's supposed to do. That's mm-hmm. that's what he is in the books, and that's what he is in the movies. And he does it really great, I think. He, he, he disappears into a role a little bit the way that um, the Gary Oldman can disappear into a role. Yes, yeah. yes, because he played um, Sirius. Yeah. Yeah, but he's, all, like, I've seen him in other things, and I'm like, no, he doesn't look like Sirius. I don't know what's happening here. Yeah, Sirius doesn't look like Sid Vicious, who doesn't look like the bad lieutenant in The Professional, who doesn't <laughs> look like... Anyway. There are other uh, actors in this that I really love. Obviously, Maggie Smith, amazing. Yes. yes. She is the no nonsense, sensible. What's going on here? <laughs> we do not use transfiguration as a punishment. Oh, that was horrible. <laughs> that was terrible. Um, and I just adore Alan Rickman. I mean, oh. I can't imagine anyone playing Snape like he like. Like Jason Isaacs just embodies Malfoy, mm-hmm. um, Alan Rickman just embodies Snape. Like, he gets that sniveling, kind of greasy, bad vibe that you're supposed to get from Snape. Cause is yeah. he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? We find out in this movie that he was a spy. Like, he used to be with Voldemort, but mm-hmm. then he turned spy for the Resistance. So it's like, okay, is he really as bad as we thought? Maybe not. Now we don't know. It's murky. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what? I, I could have. I could have done with more Snape in this. In this yeah, movie. he wasn't I gave it, really I gave in it. it. Fi- I gave it five stars, but yet I could still. I could still use some more. Anyway, there's four more movies to go. So that's true. Um, <clears throat> I have a question. So the Yule Ball yes. is a dance. Yes. Why are the boys wearing dress robes, but the girls have to wear fancy dresses? Why don't the girls just wear dress robes, too? Like, I don't understand why everybody's not in dress robes. If the girls are in fancy dresses, why aren't the boys in, like, tuxes or suits or something? You know what I mean? It seems like they should match. Like, either muggle clothes or wizard clothes. But not muggle wizard clothes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, it's almost like those... And this is wrong, because they're both 
both boys and girls are in the are in the school but it's almost like when you see a um like a formal event with uh, the armed forces oh right and the you know the the officers will be, you know, dressed in their you know, dress, d- uniforms. dress blues or yeah, mm-hmm. their dress uniforms, and then their spouses will be just decked out in a nice evening gown or whatever. Yeah, but they're not in the military. No, and they're both so they're it, muggles. <laughs> <laughs> it does, yeah. It, it reminds I get what you're me, saying. It reminds yeah. me of that, but it's yeah, it's not right. Okay, do you want to talk about the tournaments? Tournament, tournament. Yes. Do you have other things to talk about before the tournament, after the tournament? There's a couple of just fantastic images that I just want to mention real quick. I love that visual of the clipper ship where it just, they take the crow's nest and you think it's just, there's just this little tiny ship Uh hanging out in the water, like Uh a little, um, you know, it looks like a little dinghy sort of thing. And then the whole thing lifts up and it's a big giant clipper yeah. ship with the water pouring off of it and everything. That is just... It was so cool. It's so inspiring to see images like that. That's the sort of thing where I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen anything quite, you know, done, mm-hmm. you know, so well. And it's just such a striking image. Beautiful. I agree. So, the Triwizard Tournament. Yes. What happens is people over the age of 17 can put their names in this cup, and one name from each school, there's Bo Batten, that's a girls' school, and Durmstrang, I think, was the other one. Is that Crom's? Yes. That's an all-boys school, or at least we're led to believe that they're an all-girls and an all-boys school. That's true. I guess Um, I never really mentioned that, did I? So one name from each school is supposed to be drawn. Those three wizards will compete against each other in a series of deadly competitions to to get a stinking cup and the pride of their school. Putting their lives on the line. Okay. (laughs) There are three tasks. Do, do we want to talk about what the hell D- Dumbledore is thinking putting all these children at risk and the Ministry of Magic? Or do we want to talk about the actual tournament first and then rant about Dumbledore and the Ministry of Magic? Let's talk about the tournament. Okay, so there are three tasks. There's the dragon task, the underwater task, and the maze task. Now, you were a little upset about the dragon task because... Do you want to tell our audience why you weren't a fan of the dragon task? Well, I love the dragons, right. first of all. Right. But you wanted to see more of the dragons. We only got to see one dragon in an extended scene. Right. But you wanted to see more Harry went dragons because you loved them so much. Harry went last. Right. And they're like, okay, the other three went, and now we're up to Harry Potter. And I'm like, what? <laughs> no. Yeah, I want to see... Uh, and you're like, well, like, it it was going on and on, and the dragon gets loose and starts flying all over the place, you uh-huh. know. Um, and you're like, see, this is why they didn't, they couldn't do, it was like a 20-minute sequence of, you know, of dragon fighting. Right. Like, this is why we can't do it. And I'm like, no, this is exactly why we should have. <laughs> I want a whole hour of dragon fighting. I want to know 
Because, like, for the underwater task, we we see how each uh, how each participant um, figured out the underwater task. Like, yeah. one of them had a shark head, one of them mm-hmm. had a bubble charm. I want to see how um, the other contestants um, figured out how to get the egg from the dragon. I agree right. that we should have seen something like that because now we're like, well, who's in first place? Because we didn't see the actions that led... Uh, the actions that were in the first task. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Exactly. One more thing I want to say about the dragons. Uh, Harry Potter's dragon, mm-hmm. the, the Hungarian, Hungarian horntail. Oh, very good. Yes. Uh, it it looked like a it looked like a teenage uh, uh, drogon from <laughs> Game of Thrones. And seriously, the the way it moved and stuff, the way it like. Um, the way it maneuvered in the air and kind of would like would That's like true. slow itself down. I'm like, did they watch this when they when they were creating? Because that happened, that happened obviously many years later. Right. The Game of Thrones, uh, you know, Drogon in all of his glory, flapping mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it it looks very very similar. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Even like the like the like the I'm putting my hands. My fingers close to my head right now because it's you know because you can't you can't see me that's a good idea but there are all these pokey things coming out from his face. It's like the um, in Jurassic Park when Newman, yeah, where Newman dies. <laughs> Newman's not his name in there, but, no, but everybody everyone calls, knows him everyone as says. Newman. <laughs> um. Okay. So moving on to the underwater task. Okay, I almost drowned when I was five. I, I I couldn't. I didn't. I didn't really watch this. So <laughs> I had to look away because it really bums me out. I interestingly almost drowned as well at the age of two. Hey, almost drowning, buddies. Yay! High um, five. So, but I had seen it before, so I was comfortable watching. You know what was happening because I knew he mm-hmm. would be fine. Um, well, yeah, I'm sure in the fourth movie, are they going to kill everybody? <laughs> Prom might die. Well, because I couldn't tell you, oh, don't worry, everybody's going to be safe, because, spoiler alert, Cedric dies. <laughs> yeah, because everyone's not okay. <laughs> um, so, basically, and see, I want to know, I, I need to go back and read the book about how they did this, where um, they essentially kidnap the people closest to the contestants. That's so weird. And then put them underwater... How do they breathe? Are they like f- magically frozen in some sort of state? Like, yeah. uh, you know how like in uh, in space movies they have the um, stasis. It's called stasis. Thank you. Yeah, um, magical stasis. Magical stasis. That, it doesn't matter if you're underwater; you won't die. Somehow. Yes. That's another moment where I thought I thought we were looking at like. Um, the fake loved ones, not really the not really the loved ones. Right. Some sort of like they made fish look like <laughs> their loved ones. Right. So each person had to rescue their respective uh person. Yeah. And it was weird to me because like okay, I can see how Harry needs to rescue Ron because that's his BFF. And they've made up now after, you know, Ron thought Harry put his name in the in the cup, even though he didn't. Yeah. But, like, Victor Crumb just met Hermione, like, 
does he not have a BFF in the Durmstrang ranks? You know what I mean? Like that's a good point. Um, he just Crom just sits in a room and waits for the next you know <laughs> battle. He doesn't. Well, like um, Fleur, the the French girl, it was her sister. Mm-hmm. So it was just like really, I don't know. It was strange the people they picked. I'm sure it was because it was Hermione and they wanted her to be in danger. But I wonder what would happen because um, Fleur like um, disqualified herself. So would mm. if Harry hadn't rescued her sister as well, would the sister have just died down there? Would somebody have gone down there and gotten her? Like, Weren't there other children, children by the way, who were still down there? <laughs> like after after Harry goes up, aren't there still weren't there still other or So no? Harry showed up first. Yeah. But he was torn on who to who, save who to save because he's friends with Hermione and Ron. Mm-hmm. Then Victor shows up, takes Hermione, Cedric shows up and takes Cho. Mm-hmm. That's who is down there for him. But then Fleur never shows up to take her sister whose name I don't know. I see. Um, so Harry was down there first, but he left last. Right. Okay. So, <sighs> surprise, everybody survives. But then, the points are so arbitrary because Dumbledore was like, well, Harry would have finished first, so we're giving him extra points for exemplary moral fiber. <laughs> like... <laughs> Okay, so Harry never has to finish first. We've learned this in the other movies. Like, as long as he saves the day right at the end, he'll get enough points or enough moral fiber to win the day, right? Yes. Sorry, can I just interrupt? Yes, please do. The moral fiber that they themselves don't have because they put children in danger. Both the contestants and the people, the children they kidnapped and put underwater... Yes. I'm sorry. We were going to save our shouting <laughs> righteous indignation till later. But Okay. Well, let's move on to the last task, okay. which was the maze. And I didn't really know what to make of this. Like, it's a maze that is somehow will turn you into an evil person who stalks the other contest. Like, I didn't... Like... I understand it's a maze, and the purpose is to get to the center of the maze so you can get the cup and win the tournament. Yeah. I don't understand fully what was done to the maze to make it effect, like, magically what curse or spell was put on it to do what. Like, hedges attack the contestants or something, you know? Like, I just, I have a lot of questions about that. What do you, what did you think? First of all, I was waiting to see, uh... Jack Nicholson, frozen oh my God. in the corner. I think that would have been funny. Uh, just one of that axe and that that creepy look on his head. Anyway, yeah, I didn't, I didn't. I mean, I said this before, where like I thought, the, like, oh, this is the ultimate sort of task is is that you're fighting a fake Voldemort. You know, uh-huh, uh-huh. it it was kind of disorienting. Um, as straightforward as get to the center of the maze and win mm-hmm. can be, it was very disorienting because I was, I was, you know, I'm not a very smart person. I'm trying to figure out, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what's really happening. I wonder, 
as we learn later that Alistair Moody, Mad-Eye Moody, is not who he appears to be mm-hmm. and that it was Barty Crouch Jr.'s mission to deliver Harry to Voldemort if Mad-Eye Moody didn't somehow magically charm the labyrinth so that Harry would win. Like, it wasn't about who could get to the center first because Moody rigged it so that Harry would get there first because he put the port key in there to take him to Voldemort. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. That's what I suspect may have happened, but I don't know that for sure. I mean, that seems... That seems... I mean, doesn't... Like, at the end, he, like, reveals his evil plan. (laughs) As every good villain does. Yes. So, Harry rescues Cedric from the hedges. So, they're like, well, we'll take the the cup at the same time. Well, when they do, the port key delivers them to to the graveyard where real Voldemort is, who you initially thought was fake Voldemort. Mm -hmm. So... What at what point did you realize it was real Voldemort? Was it when they when he killed Cedric? Um, it didn't. It took me an embarrassingly long time. I don't. <laughs> it took. It took coming back when they when they came back from the graveyard, and it's not surprise. Everything's fine now. Oh, okay. Like, it took a really long time, because I'm still thinking we're in the... Ga- this is part of the game. I see. This is part okay. of the... You know... <laughs> so, yeah, I'm... Again, not the smartest person. So, I'm really interested, then, like, what... <laughs> you want to plumb the shallow depths of my No, <laughs> my I'm, I'm just interested in what you thought about what happened in the context of the tournament, then. Like... How, how were, how were you trying to put together that fake Voldemort? Like, cause all of the KKK was there and what's his name chopped off his hand and like there was all this stuff going on. So did you think it was just like a really intricate magically? I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm, <laughs> I'm really curious like how you were piecing that together in your brain. We're... <laughs> <laughs> so, so you would like to enter the shallow waters of my, of my thinking. Okay, so we're talking about like all bets are off when you put my loved ones at the bottom of a lake, right? And hope they don't die, right? So yeah, it was this. You know, it's like um, it's like playing a video game, mm-hmm. and the the first boss is you know pretty simple to defeat. The, the the second boss, the boss in the middle, is going to be like, yeah, this is like the big boss. Right, okay. You know? So so a big boss has got to be, you know. I see. That makes sense. Except in Mario, at the end of Mario Brothers where you can just run underneath him. You don't have to fight him. And you just hit the bridge <laughs> and he falls in the lava. That's. The princess doesn't care. You rescued you. The princess doesn't care. You rescued her. That's true. And, and Bowser's in the lava. What it you know. Game, literally game over. The, we're getting way off track. Okay. But there's a there's a um the creators of the Family Guy did this whole like Mario Brothers like what happens between the con- the conversation between the princess and Mario like after. <laughs> oh my goodness. 
I don't think I've seen that. And she and he's like, how about the kids? Uh, and she's like, I'm not going to kiss you. And, he, and he's like, it was really hard to get here. I had to do <laughs> so much. Sometimes I'd be a little star and be like, dee, 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 dee. And then it would be, but that wouldn't last for very long. I had hardly any help. <laughs> anyway. Just the magic mushrooms and the star. So... <laughs> So, yeah, it was, again, it was like, I'm trying to piece it all together, and I'm sort of like, I'm all in on this is part of the tournament. Uh-huh. I'm all in on it. Yeah, it doesn't, it didn't occur. I also kind of like, um, I'm not the kind of person who likes to sit there and figure everything out, mostly because I'm not smart enough, <laughs> I'm not smart enough to do that, but also like just, um... I like after the fact, like, learning all about my favorite movies, like Star Wars and the Alien movies and Terminator. Mm-hmm. I love finding out every little detail and, like, the hidden hidden messages and what does the, what did the, the, the director was trying to tell us something through the use of camera. I love all of those sorts of things. But when I'm first watching a movie, I just like to let it happen to me. Mm. So I'm not doing a lot of trying to get ahead of the story i'm just like here like as it's presented to me i'm Mm -hmm. just trying to understand it okay so we've covered the tournament Mm -hmm. um after the big battle with voldemort where their wands like explode on each other which sounds kind of dirty it's really neat effect too by the way Like, like the lava like I mean, there's so many different ways you could have done that. But that's an, a very interesting way to do it. I agree. Harry escapes from the graveyard with Cedric's body. That's funny because I didn't even mention the graveyard. Right. Anyway, yes. By using the port key, where he then appears back in the stadium or field, wherever they're doing the. Yay, everybody's won. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and Cedric is dead. Yep. Womp womp. And, like, hearing his father, like, react to that was just heartbreaking. Like, and everybody was just awkwardly staring at him. Like, can you just maybe turn around and give this poor man his moment of grief? I mean... I mean, it, I, I'm... Obviously, it's always hard to hear about anyone dying, but like having to get the news in a like a everyone looking at you, yeah, in a stadium, yeah, and everyone else is getting the news at the same time. That's that's horrible. So now that Cedric is dead, yes, let's talk about how irresponsible the adults at Hogwarts and the Ministry of Magic are. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try not to get mad. Okay, you go first. Is there a magical world children protective services? <laughs> there should be. There certainly should there be. There should be. Because there's not even like, there doesn't even appear to be like some sort of, well, there isn't any sort of like, they're doing these dangerous things, but there's no like magical fail safe. Right. Like the dragon pops off his chain and somehow there isn't like a magic dome Right. To keep the dragon from going away and getting, making this even more dangerous or whatever. Yeah. An Astrodome, but Pro- for Protecting dragons. the people and ultimately, yeah, it's very weird. 
Um, I the thing that irritated the first thing that irritated me mm-hmm. was um, so the names pop out of the the cup right to pick who's going to be the champion for each right. school. You, you you tip your little hand into to sort of um, be considered, and then and then the they one float who, out. Yeah. yeah. So when the names come out and Harry's name is in there. Barty Crouch Sr. says, Mr. Potter has no choice. It's a legally binding magical contract. Okay, first of all, a 14-year-old can't enter into a contract. Second of all, what kind of crap is this legally binding, deadly competition contract crap? Yeah, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought of that. Like, if in the the muggle world, you have to be 18 to sign a contract, obviously. Right. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, we later discover in the books that 17 is the age of adulthood for wizards. So okay. 18 is for muggles, but 17 for wizards. But Harry is 14, yeah. or if you listen to Rita Skeeter, he's 12. So mm-hmm. she was the journalist. Yeah. So how is he entering into a contract, and what kind of jacked up legal system do they have that it's... Anybody can put your name in a thing, and then you you yourself are held to that contract. I have questions. Thank you. Yeah, there's lots of flaws. It seems to be like it, the history goes back very, very far, but they haven't had a lot of, like, legal reform. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, too, like... Okay, setting aside the entire tournament at this mm-hmm. time, yeah. and everything that we know about Harry Potter so far, Hogwarts is like a freaking dangerous school. Like, you have um, Ginny getting kidnapped and put in the Chamber of Secrets. Mm-hmm. She almost died. Moving stairwells. Yes. Over in what's apparently a bottomless abyss. I mean, so... um. So many opportunities for dangerous things to happen unnecessarily. It seems like... There's trolls? The giant trolls in your bathroom? Yes. That Professor McGonagall tries to protect... That's Maggie Smith. Mm-hmm. Tries to protect the children as much as she can. And even, like, Snape to some degree. But Dumbledore's right. just like... Hey, what's going to happen is going to happen, and I'll try to protect you if I can, but, you that's, know. That's a pretty good impression of him. Yeah, thanks. Mm. Um, <laughs> I just feel like he just unnecessarily puts children in danger. Absolutely. And what kind of school is Hogwarts? Like, I just, the safety of children does not seem to be high on the list of priorities at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Thank you. It's true. Okay, I'm sorry. Do you have more? I just wanted to throw this in there because I always love um, writing down the time when they evoke the title uh-huh. in a movie. It took twenty-two, only 22 minutes for them to say the Goblet of Fire, which is, which is acceptable to me. Okay. Did you notice? Hmm. Because... Uh, Last time and earlier, I gave you a hard time for calling it the Gobbler Fire <laughs> because there's no fire eating. However, when Durmstrang 
did their grand entrance was into there the fire. Box. Was there fire? Either? The dude, remember the dude at the very end blew the fire to, and it made like a dragon or something. Oh, right. And the skull, the dragon and skull thing. Yeah. So yeah. it wasn't fire eating. Or snake, snake and skull. Something like that. Yeah. It was fire breathing. It was fire breathing. But similar. He was a fire gobbler though, technically. Similar. <laughs> um. So Bechtel test, what do you think? There's no way. It did not pass. <laughs> do any of them pass? Did you look it up? Um, a couple of the Harry Potter movies pass. Um, there are several named characters, named female characters in this movie, but none of them talk to each other. Um, some of them are in the same room together, and even some of them seem to be like comforting each other, but mm-hmm. they never say anything. Mm. So. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Womp womp. So, let's talk a little bit about disability portrayal, a.k.a. Alistair Mad-Eye Moody, who has both a magical eye and a wooden leg. It's metal. It's wooden. Looks metal. Well, according to J.K. Rowling, Rowling, whatever, um, she said that in the Harry Potter universe, um... Wizards can survive non-magical injuries. Mm-hmm. So, like, if they fall off a building and break their leg, they can be like, bloop, leg unbroken. Okay. But if they're injured due to a magical injury, like Voldemort uh, blows their leg off, mm-hmm. then they can't, you know, just bada-bing, bada-boom, new leg. So it's about <laughs> magical versus non-magical injuries. So she specifically said about... Um, Mad-Eye Moody had to resort to a wooden leg and a magical eye when the originals were irreparably damaged in a wizard's battle. So, Mad-Eye Moody is our main disabled character in this movie. Um, I find it interesting that he's ultimate... That it's not Mad-Eye Moody, but it is Mad-Eye Moody who is ultimately the bad guy. It's... Barty right. Crouch Jr. disguised as Mad-Eye Moody. So Mad-Eye Moody himself is not the bad guy, but his doppelganger, not really doppelganger. Um, I don't, what I'm trying to say is we have that trope of disabled people as the, as the villain. Right. <clears throat> but in this case, Mad-Eye Moody wasn't really the villain. It was about able-bodied Barty Crouch Jr. impersonating disabled Mad-Eye Moody, mm-hmm. but also using some of Mad-Eye Moody's um, prosthetics to his benefit. So, like, when he is in class and can see uh, Finnegan putting the gum under the desk, he can literally, his magical eye lets him see through the back of his head. Right. So, Barty Crouch Jr., as himself, would not be able to do that. But he can do that using Polyjuice Potion to be Mad-Eye Moody. Mm. So there's a there's a lot to there's a lot to unpack in who's really the bad guy. How do we really portray the bad guy? Um, what's really going on here? Yeah, I don't know exactly what all to say. I just wanted to make that distinction between magical and non-magical injuries because I 
when I first read the book slash saw the movie, mm-hmm. I'm like, why doesn't he just magically magically make his, make a magical leg like we saw um, Voldemort do for uh, Peter Pettigrew? Remember, he chopped off his his hand to yeah. help Mo- Voldemort come back to life. And then Voldemort restored his hand mm-hmm. because it wasn't a magical injury. He just took a regular knife and chopped off his hand. Mm-hmm. But because um, Mad Eye Moody was injured in a wizard battle, right. can't do that. I mean, I gotta, you gotta go with the creator for what the rules are of the universe. But like, magic, you can do anything you want with magic. Like, it's true. Like, why not? Like, there's. It, there doesn't seem to be a good reason to not just... Um, I mean, forget about... Okay, he has to have a prosthetic leg. Why can't it be ex- um, magically exactly like the leg he lost? That's what I have in... Um, how would the movie be different with today's technology? <laughs> he would not have a wooden leg. Thank you very much. Yeah. This is not 1837. Sure. He would have some kind of advanced you know muggle technology or magical technology i'm talking at least like some fiberglass or some plastics or something wooden leg give me a break yeah cool robot leg exactly it's like and can't and who's gonna know if i imbue it with magic right like (laughs) you could have like a terminator leg and then just magically make the skin around it appear skin like like you were saying to have one that looks like your original leg yeah there's a lot of options for him here, I think. Yeah, that's that's one of those ones where I, I don't I'm not going, I, I'm fighting against the uh, the creator's vision for the world. Are there any pop culture references you now understand? Um, I'm trying to think specifically for this for this movie. I I did um, I used to work with uh, this woman, PJ, who is an enormous. Harry Potter fan. Doesn't she have a Harry Potter tattoo? She has three of them. Wow. <laughs> I think Allie, who's been on Captain Game Show a couple of times, I know she's a huge Harry Potter fan, but I think she might have a Harry tattoo. I think she might have a Harry Potter tattoo. A Harry tattoo? A Harry tattoo. <laughs> um, so, yeah. so, yeah. PJ would, al- would always, like, reference would reference Harry Potter and Harry Potter movies. That might actually... She might actually be the reason I knew that uh, Cedric... Cedric the Vampire was going to die. Oh. <laughs> um, so we we talked about Mad-Eye Moody's um, leg, but how would the movie be different with today's technology? Do you have anything for that? I don't. I don't because I think it's one of those things like... When you're dealing with an alternate world like that, I mean, honestly, though, I'm gonna say this: that they need, they need some, they need some reform to their laws. I agree. <laughs> we did comment a couple of times about why. I mean, there are cell phones in the Muggle world. Why don't yeah. they have cell phones to text each other? Or, and we went. I think I mentioned this briefly while we were watching. Like, just have like magical, um, magical texting that just happens in your frame of reference your field of vision field of vision sorry and like you can just get messages and send messages like you know by speaking them into the air or whatever into your invisible texting app yeah because an owl's gonna take you know several hours if not several days that's like 
that would be like, I'm going to text my friend. Here, let me put it in the mailbox. Like, that <laughs> That doesn't work. <laughs> let, me give, let me give my message to an owl and hope that it doesn't become part of their nest. <laughs> okay, are, are we ready to wrap this up? I know we have somewhere to be, so. One, one quick thing I just need to mention before we're, before we're done here. Uh-huh. I have to say that I'm jealous for the kids who grew up with Harry Potter. Uh-huh. I was a bit I'm a bit older than yeah. than you than I'm 45. So when this came out, I was in my you know when the books came out, I was a you know in my 20s. And to be able to grow up, I mean I grew up with great franchises like Star like the original Star Wars and uh, back to the future, but it must be like something very special to like grow up to like Harry and Hermione are growing up as you're growing up, you know, and it's just such a such an immersive, you know, world and just so inspiring. It, that, that must be it must be great, you know, to be a kid and growing up with this. You know, the closest thing I had to that, What's that? because I was like a junior or senior in high school when when the books started coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, the Babysitter's Club. Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> I started reading them when I was, like, maybe 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. And the youngest babysitters were, like, in junior high. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I, I'll be like them one day. <laughs> a grown-up babysitter. That's funny. It's not as fun as being a child who risks their life to... Anyway, that's going to get us back in a whole thing. Okay. Anything else? That was my anything else. Okay. <laughs> So that about wraps it up. You can find us on a bunch of platforms like iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. We're also on the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network at CosmicPotato.com. You can find a lot of other great shows there, so check those out. We're going to be starting the landing party again soon, which is about Star Trek, which I love, in case our audience didn't know that. Um, We almost had a whole episode go by. (laughs) Oh, no, wait. You mentioned Lorca. That's (laughs) right, I did. You did mention Star Trek. Jason Isaacs. Leave us some feed. Oh, are you done? Um, as for us, just go to waityouvenevercseen.com to find links, social media, and contact information. Leave us some feedback and let us know if you have any suggestions for movies or TV shows we should watch. That's our show for today. Next time, we'll be starting a month of Christmas movies. We'll be watching Christmas in Connecticut. Hey. Thanks for listening, muggles. <laughs> <laughs>